1: Hello and welcome back to the RotoViz Best Ball Show on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Connor O'Driscoll, who has been on a couple of these shows recently. We're getting a lot of positive feedback having Connor on, so it's uh, great to get him on here to share some more insights with us around his recent series up on RotoViz.com, which has been absolutely fantastic to read. And I'm going to give a plug here at the start of the show for two separate things. One of them is Go and give Connor a follow on Twitter at Draco Out, which is D R I C O O U T. That will be also in today's show notes if you need to find it on there. We're trying to get him to close in on those 1,000 followers over on Twitter.com, as they call it. But uh, the other thing I want to give everyone the the little reminder for is this show is possibly being listened to on the Road of His main feed, which has all the shows on the Road of His podcast network. If you are listening to it and you enjoy it today, please hit that subscribe button on the his Best Ball Show feed. That is where you can find all the podcasts that I do here with Connor, for example, that I'm doing with Zachary Kruger, who's my co-host on the, the feed, all the streams that we do up on the his YouTube channel. Find all that and more. And it is the Road of Best Ball Show podcast feed. So please do give that a subscribe if you haven't done so already. And if you are enjoying the shows, drop us a written review. But Connor welcome back to the podcast thanks
2: for having me on again colin Very really enjoyed doing these i uh, really enjoyed talking with you uh, having a lot of fun so i, I appreciate you having me uh, back on for the the sixth time now
1: yeah they say uh you know six time lucky i think is that the saying that the yeah six they, times <laughs> the charm <laughs> so but we have had five great shows hopefully this is not going to change things hopefully the sixth one is going to be even better than the, the ones that preceded it but looking forward to doing it today we are going to talk about has the second year wide receiver advantage been squeezed out of existence and something that we've talked about a lot over the years at Rotoviz is, is that second year advantage and when wide receivers and, and quarterbacks as well but today we'll be talking about wide receivers really take that step forward and uh, kind of make the leap if you want to call it that but Second-year wide receiver advantage has been something that we've targeted for a long time. We've also looked at getting those rookie wide receivers who are often undervalued. But we're starting to see people, and I've mentioned this a number of times, become smarter drafters. They're consuming more content. More articles are going up on the site. More articles like yours are available, for example. you know Ben Gretz does the Stealing Signals, which is absolutely amazing work. Sean Siegel's work up on rotaviz.com. All that stuff put together means more people are reading information, more people are becoming aware of like the dead zone for example the quarterback window but today we're speaking specifically as i mentioned about the second year wide receivers and if that advantage has been squeezed out of existence as you mentioned the information that we will talk about today is also from connor's article up on rotoviz.com that i've just referenced the link to that will be in today's show notes if you want to check that out up on the website but connor what are you seeing as you dive deeper into the information are we looking at adp is getting pushed up or are we looking how, how are people adjusting to these second year wide receivers
2: um so uh, i i guess just to start out with uh why the uh the second year receivers are targets to begin with this is the group of players where the most amount of break breakouts happen they have the biggest jump in targets of all the kind of experience levels to win uh, basically to win money in fantasy football you need breakouts you need guys you've drafted in the eight nine ten whatever round. And they play like you drafted them in the fourth round or, or higher. And so that's the group of players that you, you, you do want. But like you said, drafters are getting smarter, more sophisticated. And these guys are going higher than ever before. And so one, I guess, interesting thing about it is that we've also just had one of, we've, I guess, a series of some of the best rookie wide receiver classes of all time. Like we've had the generic Chase class, and then we had the Justin Jefferson class. And so I do think that it is important to, to adjust soon to for that. And so um what I did was I kind of plotted um rookie per game numbers versus their sophomore ADP. And so and then I kind of did that for this year. I compared it at 2021, uh 2020, and try to figure out how how do how do they compare and so on underdog uh underdog probably the the site that likes wide receivers the most which is ironic given that it's top ppr the second year wide receivers are basically even when you adjust for the uh very strong to elite production as rookies they're going higher than ever before so that that does create this kind of interesting thing where we still do want them And then on top of that, there's also this dynamic where, like I said, underdog drafters really like receivers. So receivers in general are getting pushed up higher than ever before. And so you do want to account for that a little bit. And so I have also compared their uh, ADP rank within receivers versus uh, production. And they're also going higher among wide receivers than ever before. So you've got two two things going on, wide receivers in general are going higher, and then the sophomores are going higher within wide receivers, and that's within uh, underdog in particular. And so that does create this kind of interesting problem where it's still still this, this section of players that we want to draft, because like I said, that's where the breakouts, most of the breakouts come from and you you do have this interesting thing of how how do i get my exposure to these uh to this group without uh i guess without falling into some pitfalls and so there's there's kind of like two ways to approach it one is that you really i don't think you should be reaching for second year receivers on underdog and because they are already kind of priced at this premium so if you're already priced at a premium, you don't want to be paying above that. And then on top of that, if you do if I do that same analysis on FFPC, the uh, the sophomore receivers are actually uh, in ADP wise going exactly in line with 2020 and 2021 exactly in line. And so I'm like, okay, well that that's a, that's a great way to kind of maintain that edge and the same is true in the within ranks uh, in ADP and so if uh, I I will definitely plan to get more of my second year receiver exposure on FFPC and so I think the other thing about FFPC is that the price point tends to be higher like the the tournament is $125 and but one thing I'll say about that is that I often do this um, is that I'll split that team with somebody else and I'll do a slow draft uh, team with somebody else. And I, I think that's really strong because A, the uh, FFBC platform is, I guess it's designed really to be able to easily co-draft a team with somebody else, much easier than underdog and B. I actually think some of the most fun that you can have in the off season is slow drafting a team with somebody else, especially when it's when it's a uh, it's complementary drafters, when people who draft well together, that can be a lot of fun. And I actually think that's an edge to it's basically uh, if you're in a slow draft and two people are drafting one team, that's two brains working against uh, a set of a, a lot of the time, a set of one brains for each team. And I, I I honestly think that's an edge. And then you also have the $35 uh, Superflex FFPC. And I think that's one of the most interesting formats. I actually think that's a better format uh, than the underdog one because you combine it with the tight end premium and um, the wide receivers are full PPR. And so you you create this kind of real structure where you can almost approach it structurally. You've got, sorry, you get a lot more freedom with how you uh, approach it structurally. No, I, that's a kind of a side point, but the point is there are ways to get second year receiver exposure uh, on FFBC without having to reach and get $125 uh, per draft from your pocket.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: No, that's a that's a good point, and I do talk sometimes about bankroll management and you know how to plan things out. Obviously, if you're playing in the puppy over at underdog, it's you know five dollar entry. So if you're thinking about that versus playing over at the FFPC, you can get twenty five puppy drafts for the cost of the the one FFPC uh, baseball tournament entry. Or for example, if we're looking then at even the baseball mania, you know it's it is it is cost costly, but the fact is then that it's a smaller field tournament with you know, good payouts that are split among the players. There's more realistic opportunity to go and win that tournament. I really love the FFPC, uh, both the Superflex and the the basketball tournament's structure of the 12-team league and then the advances into 12-team leagues, 12-team leagues. And I believe the Superflex final is 33 teams maybe in the final, but much smaller pools that you're trying to advance from which you know i i feel for me is a more realistic option maybe that's because connor myself and yourself progressed to the final last year and, and finished first and second but um you know maybe that's that's rose tinted glasses but i really enjoy that format but like you mentioned splitting those splitting the ownership having more shots as well at you know having a chance to win it if you if you go in and you do it yourself and let's say your bankroll is going to be a thousand dollars for the season and you're trying to play in all these different tournaments but if you go with somebody else you're, you're doubling that up to two thousand you're having you know you're going to have less winnings if you actually win it but you're also having double the shots at trying to get into those fields into those finals and trying to, to cash out at the end of the season so i think that's a good point on the co-management element and co-drafting is amazingly good fun you mentioned the slow drafts i'm more uh, i suppose it's because we're doing podcasts and content on it i loved uh, the the live ones with the there's a lot of pressure on those live drafts but they are so much fun but the slow drafts as well when you're talking through players it can make you think about things in a slightly different way open your eyes to certain scenarios give you more time to to look in and check out things with your your co-owner and check out the tools up on rotaviz.com and things like that but the other question i was going to have for you when we look through it is how much do you think players have in, I guess rookie success and then second year success let's just say over the last uh, three or so years we've had Justin Jefferson come in absolutely tear things up and then we've also had jamar Chase come in as a rookie and tear things up and all you know automatically their first round picks and then the players behind them kind of almost get dragged up because comparatively speaking their price should be you know somewhat close to those guys you know we, we probably Seen things, you know, 2014 with that draft class with Odell Beck and Mike Evans and so on. That kind of a lot of breakout players as rookies and that, but a lot of these trends take time to get to the mainstream. And uh, maybe those players have helped push it into the mainstream with the second year breakouts. But I mentioned the start two players getting sharper and smarter as they draft. The other question I would have is, you know, a lot of this information that we're talking about and how the ADP is looking is from May, June, and July. And a lot of the people that we're drafting here, were they're pretty hardcore, I think, if you're drafting in May and June, So I wonder, is it a case that this will slightly change? I think they've probably been set to an extent now because people who come in and start drafting in August, for example, or in mid-July, they are going to be playing on sites that have the ADP, and then it's very unlikely that you just start to <laughs> disregard it completely. So how much do you think that it's, I guess, the sharper players? But the main question there is, how much do you think is seeing these players have massive success, the likes of Chase and Jefferson?
2: I mean, watching people win a bunch of money uh, with Jamar. We don't Chase need to talk
1: about players who are Jamar Chase that won a bunch of money. We don't.
2: Well, the uh, I don't. I don't.
1: In case people don't know the story, Connor had Jamar Chase last year, and uh, that was what got him over the line against myself, Sean Siegel, and Blair Andrews in that in that final.
2: Um. So yeah, there, there is there is that example, but the, the uh, guy who won a uh, BBM one on the Underdog, uh, Justin Harris he key one with uh, Justin Jefferson. So obviously, seeing these people uh win a bunch of money with these younger players, obviously that uh, that's a very kind of visual, very tangible example of it working, and so people people tend to want to uh replicate replicate that's the word uh replicate that and then I guess I hope that the uh the kind of casuals that come in in, in uh, August and September that they're not paying attention to that and that they uh
1: let them slide
2: yeah may, and maybe maybe it's not the Jamara Chase that's going to slide because he, he smashed so hard that last year maybe somebody who might slide is that uh, the Smith where or our that Rondell Rondell Moore, where like the results weren't quite as strong, and they're like, oh, if I look at their uh, their points last year, their game charts.
1: Both teams traded. Both teams traded as well for um, for you know traded for draft picks to get other wide receivers on the roster as well.
2: They were like, oh yeah, the target competition. So hope hopefully hopefully that players like that might slide uh, as we go deeper into draft season, but yeah i i do i i guess to p- piggyback on that um i do think that trying to find cheaper second year players is also a, a good way to kind of cost effectively uh, get exposure to that kind of like group of players um for one i guess to run them is somebody who i'm drafting basically as much as i can um because he fits a couple of kind of like criteria of player a type of player that might be undervalued one is that obviously he's a second year player which historically has been undervalued and then the other thing is that people pay a lot of attention to, to something uh called dot, which is the average depth of target and his average depth of target last year was terrible and uh, in terms of in in terms of like i guess generating yards and stuff like that it was like uh uh, two eight, eight out of two or something like that and people see that and like oh I, I don't want that on my team because th- that doesn't score that many points but I do think that people uh pay too much attention to something like that especially with a young player because you have to remember that someone like that he was the uh the wide receiver four ish last year and so when he got on the field they were just trying to find ways to get him onto the field and get him touches whereas now that um christian kirk is gone and uh, he really does have this opportunity to, be, to to insert himself as the main set receiver and expand that kind of root tree dramatically and so you you have the situation where somebody who wasn't running enough routes and now they can expand their uh, their what you call it, their route percentage. So they run, they can go. I think they ran something like 50% of the routes last year. Now he could be an 80% guy this year. And the type of routes that he runs could be a lot deeper. He, I guess the other thing thing is that his yards for route run was very much in line with like a Jalen Waddell, uh, Elijah Moore. And so even even despite the the uh the low ADOT, he was still not bad efficiency wise and so you can get uh you can get i guess somebody who fits all these different criterias for undervalued and is liable to make this kind of breakout jump and that's i guess that's one way that i would be looking at a uh, second year receivers
1: yeah the last uh time you were on we talked about the stacking options and trying to get those undervalued stacks or the maybe the less sexy stacks that people are not targeting as much but a bit like you're saying there, like players who Maybe had high expectations last year. Rondell Moore, like we drafted a lot of him last year, we're very excited about him coming in with his college, you know, profile and so on. Started quite good the first couple of weeks, tailed off. Not as much happened, but when we looked then at this season. You mentioned some of the positive reasons they did trade for Marquise Brown, like I hinted at there. But they also have DeAndre Hopkins suspended for the start of the season, so there is opportunities there for them. Kyler Murray was injured kind of towards the last part of the last season, didn't look healthy. He should be back. And up and running. The other second year wide receiver, we won't go through all of them here. We're trying to keep these shows pretty much evergreen. But when we look at my favorite second year wide receiver at the minute, it is Rashad Bateman. Uh, so uh, anyone out there, we'll see how his ADP shifts. But he's a player who had a limited sample size last year. Again, didn't hit the heights that we hoped his ADP climbed towards the start of the season last year in draft season. Didn't really deliver. So it's going to be interesting to see if people go back there to the well. The, i think i think he's still quite undervalued at this point so we'll see how that plays out he's my second year guy for this season as we get ready though to close things up here anything that we want to to add to our conclusion connor that we haven't touched on or that you want to make sure we re-emphasize to the people listening in?
2: yeah so i i guess one kind of like side point i would say is that the, the players that we've mentioned are also cheap cheaper so Bateman isn't wouldn't be it uh, would be more expensive than uh, Moore. Yeah, um, but if we can kind of like use this to also create cheaper exposure to these high uh, high octane dynamic offenses
1: and bad offenses. They didn't mention Elijah Moore. You know, we love every wide receiver name Moore, but you know, we get to, there's a lot of lower cost on less sexy offenses wide receivers as well. Right.
2: Well that, 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 that's where you can kind of like you can kind of play it either way where it's like you're creating cheap exposure to an offense we're really excited about or you can create cheap exposure to an offense that people aren't excited about and then if that offense does make a jump you're being pushed up in a huge way as well.
1: No I think that's great I think like a lot of the talk this year is around week 17 around the playoffs for example and trying to get stacks and it's the same here i'm trying to target the lesser cost stacks you know trying to get those unique stacks that are pretty much the ones people don't want and it's a bit like that with some of these second year players maybe people are remembering last year maybe we were hurt by last year and maybe we can get that little bit of an edge on some of those guys that we mentioned but there's a number of other guys that we will be talking about throughout the course of the rest of a kind of draft season, as we get excited, you'll be able to see them up on rotaviz.com and some of our articles. We'll be talking about them on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. So you can check out all that content there. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to all of our content and tools up on the website, including the piece we talked about today with Connor. You can check that out in the show notes today as well. But if you want to sign up and get access to all of the content up on the website, use the code RVRadio2022 at checkout. That'll give you all that access gives you access to all of the tools and set you up for success in 2022. If you're playing over at Underdog Fantasy and you're playing in some of their best ball contests, or if you're just playing in general, you can use the code RotoViz over there. Get yourself a 100% sign up bonus up to $100. They will match that dollar for dollar up to $100. Get involved there. Once again, the code is RotoViz. That is UnderdogFantasy.com. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Ireland. My guest today is conor odriscoll who you can follow on twitter at DricoOut. out of course he is the 2021 ffpc best ball champion check out all his work up on rotaways.com. until we're back with another podcast have a good one